Welcome to Don't Give Up on Testicular Cancer, a podcast where testicular cancer survivors, caregivers, and others who have navigated the cancer journey share their stories. The podcast comes to you from the Max Mallory Foundation, a nonprofit family foundation focused on educating about testicular cancer in honor and in memory of Max Mallory, who died in 2016 at the young age of 22 from testicular cancer. Had he survived, Max wanted to help young adults with cancer. This podcast helps meet that goal. Here now is your host, Joyce Lofstrom, Max's mom and a young adult cancer survivor. And with me today is Christina Merrill. Uh, she began the Bone Marrow and Cancer Foundation in 1992, and she has touched the lives of thousands of children and adults since that time. She's dedicated her life for the past 30 years to improving the quality of life for cancer patients and bone marrow transplant patients and their families. While attending Columbia University School of Social Work, Christina interned at Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center in pediatrics and worked with adult cancer patients at Mount Sinai Hospital. These hands-on experiences changed her life, and she knew she wanted to provide patients and their families the necessary support to navigate their cancer journey. Her passion for patient support and advocacy led to founding the Bone Marrow and Cancer Foundation. Since its inception, the BMCF, which is what we will be calling it during our discussion today, has connected patients and their families and essential resources and programs to meet patient and family needs. All of this is free of cost. Christina received her master's degree in social work at Columbia University and received the University's Social Work Alumni Association's 2016 Hall of Fame and Pioneer Award. She is raising four sons, ages 18, 21, 23, and 27. So, Christina, thank you for being with me today, and welcome. Thank you, Joyce. It's a pleasure to be here with you and to share the work of the Bone Marrow and Cancer Foundation and some of our wonderful programs. Yes, I'm excited to be able to talk with you about that. I know you're celebrating your 30th anniversary this year, so why don't we start with that and talk about the organization that you founded? Yes. Well, it's hard to believe that it's been 30 years and it doesn't seem like work for me at all. It's been a gift that I've been able to help so many cancer patients and their families over my 30 years. And I'm passionate about this cause and about this community. So it's been inspiring for me to meet so many incredible people that have been basically their lives have been turned upside down because of a cancer diagnosis and to be there and help them and their families is really my you know privilege and been a creative process as well as I've been able to develop these wonderful programs for cancer patients and their families to really help support their their experience while they go through this, you know, really life-changing time in their lives. It's wonderful that you were able to do this for everyone, Christina. And I know, you know, often on the podcast, we talk about how people wind up where they are in, in life. And so I know 
with you, you began as a homeschool student and wound up as an award-winning social worker with a master's degree from Columbia University. So tell us a little bit about your life, starting out as mm-hmm. with homeschooling. I know you were an equestrian and had much success with that endeavor, and then your life in transition in social work. Yes. So I grew up in California, and my family was in the equestrian world as well as my father was in the music business. And so we did a lot of traveling and I ended up being homeschooled and so that we could stay together as a family and travel. So my dedication during my equestrian years, because I was, you know, very dedicated to that world and to my competition. And that really prepared me for running an organization for 30 years. I think being an athlete and being dedicated to your sport and training and all that it takes to really be at the highest level in your athletic abilities and competition takes a tremendous amount of dedication and focus. And I really feel like that translated over to me starting the Bone Marrow and Cancer Foundation 30 years. And I've always been a caregiver. Um, That's my personality. So it was social work, you know, profession really was a perfect entree for me to be able to use my abilities and my talents to help others. I'm just grateful that I was able to do that and also raise millions of dollars over the years for cancer patients. Well, you know, I think your overall goal is is impressive and it which is to you know, give patients and their families the necessary support so that they can navigate the cancer journey. And that sounds really basic, but as you said at the beginning, a uh, cancer diagnosis can really upend your life. I know you have many services available to help people during their journeys with cancer. So can you just talk about some of the services that you have and maybe share any patient-focused examples that you can? Yes. So the foundation's mission has always been very patient advocacy and social services. We don't give any support or funding to research because there are a lot of organizations out there that do that sort of work. and. I really found that the most important aspect for patient care is all the ancillary um, needs of patients that often get overlooked by medical professionals and the healthcare system and so forth. And if you don't have all those ancillary aspects in place, it's really hard to get through treatment. So such as having a caregiver having financial support to pay for your, you know, co-payments to your health insurance, have health insurance, you know, transportation to and from a hospital and to your doctor's appointments, accommodations so that you can go to a state-of-the-art medical treatment facility. Let's say you are in a rural area and you want to go to a treatment center that's in a city. You now have all those costs associated with trying to get the best treatment for yourself. It's sometimes inhibiting and impossible for a family to do so. So that's where the Bone Marrow Cancer Foundation really jumps in 
and tries to find all that support for families and for patients so that they can get the treatment that they need at the best facilities for their specific diagnosis. So we have some great programs that we have a program called Care Lines, which is um, similar to, I always compare it to a GoFundMe. It's a similar to a GoFundMe, except it's specifically for cancer patients. It doesn't affect a patient's social services, such as, let's say, disability, and it's seen as a gift to the patient. So the patient does not have to pay tax on that money because that money is given to them from a nonprofit and to help them for their medical needs. And it's a great way for people to donate to the patient as it's a tax deduction as a donation because it comes to the Bone Marrow and Cancer Foundation for our families. That's one great program that we've raised millions of dollars for families over the years. And then we have also some great counseling programs. We have a great counseling platform where patients can and family members can sign up and then they can get free psychotherapy around their cancer treatment and what they're going through. And then we also have this great new program that we have just launched in the Apple Store. It's um, called Cancer Buddy, and it's a peer support program that allows patients and caregivers and survivors the ability to upload their information on this app. And it's a free app in the Apple Store. They can connect to other people that are having a similar experience. And peer support has been documented, and it's it's an incredible um, support system for patients that are going through cancer, and they can relate to somebody else that's also going through a similar experience. So it's an incredible program that we're really excited to get out there to the cancer community. Wow. I just, I want to comment on a few of the things that you talked about, because I, you know, when my son Max was going through his testicular cancer, we had some of those situations that you mentioned, and one was to be able to go to a, a medical center that, you know, is well known mm -hmm. and has knows what it's doing, I guess I'll say, when treating a specific cancer. And for him, you know, we had to travel out of Chicago area to actually Indianapolis, where which is where we mm -hmm. went. And, you know, it's hard to do that. I mean, we were lucky because it wasn't that far away for us. And we did take advantage. They had some housing recommendations, but you know, if you're there for a week or more, you have to figure that out and it's hard to do. Yeah. I mean, it, as a, a parent taking care of someone and he did have a caregiver, but you made a good point about caregivers. I mean, what what's your experience with that? Do you find that many people you have dealt with don't have someone like an advocate or a caregiver? Yes. It's, it's, it's really sad and heartbreaking because some of these treatment facilities, let's say if you're going to have a bone marrow transplant, which is a very lengthy and complicated, you know, process, if you don't have a caregiver to help you, they won't even really approve you for treatment because it's too difficult to do on your own. And so a lot of people don't have the caregiver and, um, and, and also for the caregivers, when a patient does have a caregiver, their lives are turned upside down. So it's not just about the patient, but it's about the caregiver too, because they often have to take a leave of absence from their job or leave their own families. 
and be uprooted to go with the patient wherever that may be, whatever treatment facility that is best for them. And, um, and they feel isolated as well and a lack of support. And they also could be financially now burdened with the not being able to have work and a job and all of that. So we really try to support the caregiver um, in this process as well. That's wonderful. I, it's it's something just based on what you said that it's it's very much needed. You know, I know we're going to get more into cancer, buddy, too, as we keep going. Tell us a little bit about just transplants in general. And I know on your website you have almost sixty different diseases that you list that uh, require transplants. And I'm not knowledgeable on that, and I would guess that some of our listeners aren't either. Can you just tell us a little bit about the transplants that you focus on? Mm-hmm. So bone marrow or stem cell or cord blood transplants, it's really a life-saving treatment for many different types of diagnosis. And 30 plus years ago, it was kind of the uh, treatment of last resort. A patient would get a transplant if there really wasn't other options for them. And now it's really uh, a first-line therapy for many diagnosis and a cure for a lot of different types of cancer. And it, so it's, it's a treatment for many different types of cancer, let's say leukemias and lymphoma and MDS treatment and all of that, but also it's for patients that have um, immune compromised, different disorders that they're born with and um, sickle cell anemia and all sorts of different, 70 different types of, of diseases that are non-cancerous as well. So it is, um, and it's a very lengthy um, process because you, you know, go through the traditional chemotherapy and so forth, and then you have your transplant and you have to um, really be very isolated for at least 100 days post-transplant so that your immune system starts to engraft with the new bone marrow or stem cells. So it is a very long and recovery and um, and patients really need a caregiver they need a big support system around that well i didn't know it was 100 days of isolation after you have the transplant that is a very long time to after you go through all of that and then the isolation so yes and and of course during covid uh you know so many people were isolated and especially it affected cancer patients because and transplant patients because their immune systems are so compromised to begin with. So they really had to be, you know, they were very fearful and it was a very scary time. And that's where something like Cancer Buddy, this app, you could create a whole community for yourselves to, to meet other cancer patients that are going through something similar and really offer a lot of support because everything's online or through an app. And that's kind of the direction that now a lot of these support services are taking. That's true. And I think the other benefit of using an app is that it's global. Yeah. You can reach so many people who might, you know, might need that service or want to connect with someone. Yes. So, yes. Yeah, and I think, you know, life is global now. Mm-hmm. So I, it's a great, great asset to do that. Yeah. Um, Everything has changed, you know, post-COVID in terms of 
you know, people are, are connecting much more so, obviously, you know, online. Tell us a little bit, uh, and you mentioned it at the beginning, Christina, but, you know, with your social work background and the founding of your organization, how did that sync? You know, you have the, the social work um, experience and academic training, and then you founded this organization. Anything you can share about that mm-hmm. with us? Well, I, um, you know, saw a need and a, a gap in the healthcare system that really needed to be addressed. It was just, I was inspired by my patients, you know, working in um, pediatrics with patient, with children and then and with their parents um, and seeing the suffering and what they were going through and how their lives were turned upside down and they needed everything from emotional support to financial support. And initially our main flagship program was a financial program. And of course we have, you know, pivoted some since the, you know, initial flagship program of um, just providing financial assistance. We have many other programs now, but that was really, you know, what I saw initially and thought that this was, you know, in, in the day of when people didn't have really cell phones yet, they, you know, to turn on a, a phone in their hospital room or to put the television on might cost them $10 a day or $20 a day. And these families did not have that kind of money to even do so. That's right. You're right. Kind of along that same line, what have you seen as the biggest challenge for people who have to have a transplant and navigate that journey? I think the biggest challenge is that they, you know, need to um, often be uprooted from their homes and from their environment and their support system and go to a state-of-the-art treatment facility where they don't have that support and therefore need organizations like the Bone Marrow Cancer Foundation to really step in and help give that support and guide them and help them and their families. Yes, I would I would agree. I think just that travel in general, but you know, and also the length of time that you mentioned. I'm not it's more than I think people um, understand at, at the beginning of a journey like that. And now, of course, about four years ago, we rebranded because we saw that our programs were, you know, not specifically for everybody just going through the treatment of a bone marrow transplant, but also for all patients going through just cancer treatment. So all of our programs now are very focused on anybody diagnosed with cancer. Oh, Christina, that's really important for us to emphasize. That's wonderful. So anyone going through cancer treatment can take advantage of your service. Anybody going through cancer treatment or having a bone marrow transplant. And for instance, Cancer Buddy is specifically for anybody with cancer. So we're really focusing on just the diagnosis of cancer. So that's what that program is for. So now, just so I'm clear, the other services you mentioned, the financial and caregiver support, that's really more focused for bone marrow. No, that's that's for everybody now. For everybody. Okay, that's what I want to make sure that we are clear on. So, okay, wonderful. Yes. I know we talked about Cancer Buddy. Anything else you want to talk with us about? And maybe tell us how to find Cancer Buddy, your app. You said it was in the app store. Yes, it's, um, the Cancer Buddy app is a free download in the app store. It's right now currently for iOS 
and will eventually be an Android system as well, but right now it's just on um, an Apple phone. And, and anybody can, you know, that has an Apple phone or an iPad can download it. Okay. And if they want to find, our listeners want to find the Bone Marrow and mm-hmm. Cancer Foundation, they go to, just Google that name is probably the best way to yeah, find it. Yeah, and they just go to bonemarrow.org is our okay. URL on the web. Okay. And all of our programs are offered on our website. People can sign up for them right there on, on the website. Okay. So again, that's bonemarrow.org mm-hmm. for our listeners. So what's next for you for the Bone Marrow Cancer Foundation or anything you want to share? I mean, just really, we're just right now focused, I have to say, on all of our programs. But right now, currently, we're really focused on getting Cancer Buddy out into the cancer community and getting acquired users on there so that the app will be as useful as it is with users on there. So that's been our focus is to really create a community with Cancer Buddy. Okay. And my last question is one that's fun, I think, but uh, is there a song that when you hear it, you have to sing along to it? Oh gosh, I haven't really thought about that. Well, that's okay. I'm a big Beatles fan, so I always say Beatles, anything Beatles. Right. Christine, I want to thank you for being with me today and sharing more about your work with the Bone Marrow and Cancer Foundation and also your new app, Cancer Buddy, uh, for anyone with cancer that wants to connect with others going through the same type of cancer and uh, just to have cancer buddy. Uh, So please join us next time on Don't Give Up uh, on Testicular Cancer, and you can find our episodes at the Max Mallory Foundation. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Don't Give Up on Testicular Cancer. If you enjoyed this podcast, please Subscribe to our program on your favorite podcast directory. You can also visit the Max Mallory Foundation at www.maxmalloryfoundation.com slash podcast to listen to previous podcast episodes or donate to the foundation. And join us again next time for another episode of Don't Give Up on Testicular Cancer. 